Welcome to the latest podcast of Center News Nation. This is Pat LaRusso, and I'll soon be joined by Lucas Ugenti, where we'll be discussing the amazing news of the Austin Matthews contract extension, uh, as well as we'll quickly touch on Mitch Marner's contract negotiations and much, much more. Welcome, Lucas. How's it going today? Oh, I'm all right, Pat. How are you? Uh, excited. Um, you know, looking forward to seeing what the next chapter, you know, in Austin Matthews, um, you know, career is going to be. Uh, you know, we're less or just over 24 hours removed since, you know, the breaking news that Austin Matthews has extended his contract for five years. Um, and you know what? It, it's kind of funny to see the mixed bag of reactions online and across social media and in the, and in, you know, mainstream media as well. And, I, you know, I've always been kind of taken aback by, you know, what sounded to me as a logical conclusion to this contract. Uh, it leaves the Leafs with a lot of openings when it comes to rounding out the roster. Um, but what are your thoughts? No, it was it was certainly logical. I mean, in all honesty, I think it was the only way it had to get done. Um, if, if he signed any longer of a contract, he would have had to got, uh, get more money. And uh, obviously, the Leafs couldn't have afforded that considering they want to sign Marner and the rest of their uh, their depth. Um, am I happy about the five years? I wouldn't say I'm overjoyed, but I'm also not mad. I mean, it's a, it's a five-year extension, so we're still going to have them for many years. And our cup window is still still very large. Um, but again, I can see why why people are a little on the fence of the five-year deal. Because again, when, when his next contract is ready to be signed, he's 26 years old in his prime. Uh, but if you want to compare him to anyone, I mean, Steven Stamkos was in a very similar situation. And, and he resigned with Tampa. So if he loves the city enough and he loves playing for Toronto and us as fans don't ruin it, I mean, I can't see why, why he wouldn't want to sign back again. Yeah, it's, it's funny for me. Um, you, know, I, you know, I'm not a professional athlete and, and I, I wouldn't even begin to understand the thought process, uh, process of one. But, you know, when you look at how important winning is and how much that is a sticking point and, and how much that meant to Steve Stamkos' decision to stay in, st- in Tampa at the time, um, even though he did have the opportunity to come home to Toronto, winning is the best, you know, uh, tonic to keeping a player in the marketplace. And when Austin Matthews looks at the Leafs roster over the next five years and beyond, he'll still have the likes of Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, and, you know, a slew of other, you know, young players that are coming up to the system, you know, Timothy Lilligren and Rasmus Sandin and, and so many more talented players that the window for him to win is definitely in Toronto. And I, I just don't see, unless something drastic happens over the next five years of Austin Matthews' contract, that Arizona even becomes an attractive landing spot for him when we don't know if they're going to have a new building. Heck, we don't even know if they're going to even be in Arizona you know, by the end of <laughs> five-year contract. Um, so I'm not too concerned about him jumping ship. Um, I like the fact that Austin Matthews understood the business aspect and that for him to win, it meant that, you know, maybe he didn't get the full eight years that he was looking for, um, but it meant that they could keep the core together longer and more of the core together. And I think that that's very important. There's a lot of instances across the league, you know, when you look at the likes of the Edmonton Oilers, where, you know, the minute McDavid signed his contract, players started to be traded out. And now, you know, Edmonton's essentially facing another rebuild. 
you know, they've got dead money on, on their books and no one's taking on that, those contracts. Whereas with Toronto, you know, once we get over next season, then, the, you know, the Leafs begin to start getting some breathing room. And then when we're looking at, you know, the 2021 season, you know, by then Seattle should be already in the league and then the cap goes up once again. So, you know, let's just deal with the present. And we have one of the most talented forward groups across the NHL. And we've never experienced this in Toronto. So, you know, for my take, let's just enjoy while we have it. No, absolutely. And I'm not one to be greedy, so I'm, I'm going to take what I can get. Realistically, when you have the talent the Leafs have, like, geez. <laughs> I mean, four or five years ago, I'd be begging. I'd be begging for one, one of the four, you know. And, and now you have four legit studs, legit good hockey players that can, can change a franchise. And, again, I know it's a five-year contract, and it, it does raise a couple questions, but – you're right. Matthews is a mature, a mature man. He's a, a mature athlete. And he, he understood what he had to do to keep the cup window open and to help the Maple Leafs win more than just one cup. Right. Cause at the end of the day, you don't, you don't want to win once and, and that's it and start a rebuild. You want to, you want to keep the cup window open and keep your chances for winning uh, as, as long as you can. And I think he's done that with this contract. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And, and, and like you said, you know, four or five, even six years ago, you know, we're standing down at contracts to like guys like Joffrey Lupul and Dion Phaneuf, oh, and David Clarkson. David Imagine Clarkson. that one. And, you know, oh. it was funny enough. You know that you bring up David Clarkson. You know, I was actually having an exchange with um, you know one of our followers on Instagram, and and he brought David Clarkson's name. But funny enough, when I look at his tenure in Toronto, it started with a ten-game suspension, and then he got yep. injured, and then it never really took off. You know, yep. it, it would just become money that. You know, we had to ship out and, you know, it, at the end, it, it worked out, you know, that, you know, now we have Horn's contract that the Leafs can leverage when it comes to, you know, getting some 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 ta- uh, some cap relief. But that was essentially dead money. And I don't even think he even played one to two games in Columbus. I think he just ended up his career after that trade as well. So, you know, I like where the Leafs are trending. You know, I, I believe now that this sets you know, at least a ceiling or at least a bar for Marner and his and his and his group to to then say, okay, this is where we are negotiating limits. And I think that that also helps to you know potentially expedite that process and hopefully get him signed before the end of the year. I mean, you would hope. Um, all the rumors are are pointing towards him not signing by the end of the year, um, and it's tough to believe what you hear, obviously, because it's Toronto and the media, and it's, everyone knows how crazy it is, but. You would hope Marner would, would look at this and say, hey, you know what, Matthew's got it done. And obviously we have Tavares here and we got Nylander done. I mean, at this point, I should just get it done so we can focus on winning a couple of championships here. But it doesn't look like Marner's camp's going to uh, lean towards that, unfortunately. Uh, but do I see a contract that's going to be more expensive than Matthew's? I really don't. Do I see it being close to Matthew's? Yeah. Um, and I just, I just hope they can get it done. If, if we can sign Marner to eight years, that'd be great. If it has to be another five-year contract, just like Marner, uh, Matthews, I'm okay with that too. But I do want to see it get done. I don't want to go through this whole Nylander holding out situation again. That was brutal. My only concern is if it does drag out, and this is a huge if, and I know, you know, we've beat this topic, you know, over the head so many times. But, you know, with the rumblings that some of the rival GMs, you know, were kind of upset with, you know, how Dubas kind of leveraged the Maple Leafs muscle when it comes to, you know, front-loading these contracts and giving out bonuses um, to, you know, to the likes of Austin Matthews and William Nylander, that there might be an opportunity to really jam up the Leafs, not to necessarily acquire Marner, 
but to jack up the cost it would take for the Leafs to re-sign him. Um, yeah. So that would be, a, in the back of my mind, a concern, but not one that's keeping me restless at night. You know, Marner looks like a player that wants to be here. The team wants him here. Yeah. There's really nowhere else, you know, this this is going to end up. But I just hope that it gets signed before, you know, a rival GM can kind of get in and, and maybe raise the cost on Toronto when that doesn't necessarily have to be the case, which kind of takes me to, you know, the controversial, you know, comments made by Marner's agent overnight, which he then this morning when, you know, did a huge media blitz to kind of, you know, take a couple of statements. And, you know, this was kind of something that we discussed earlier on and it kind of seemed like, oh, he's a local boy. He's not going to give us the issues. And to kind of have his agent kind of step in it today and, and, and get kind of caught up in, in what he said and even in some lies where he said, you know, it was these were comments made in the summer where he was making references to contracts that were just signed, i.e. the William Nylander extension and the Matthews extension. So I, I kind of find it disingenuous from at least the, end, the, the agent's perspective that, you know, we don't want to negotiate because it's going to be a distraction to Marner. Well, what the hell is your job as an agent if it's not to negotiate the contract and, and kind of feed you know, that information back to your client when, you know, when you feel that there's a deal ready to be signed. No, absolutely. And, and you know what, I, I also do find it hilarious that he came out with this statement and then this morning he comes out with another statement saying Mitch will be a leaf for a long time. Like, like, come on, man, you're, you're leading, leading us all in the fence here. You know, like, does he want to be here? Does he not want to be here? I don't know how that's going to help the negotiation process either. I mean, I'm not an agent, but if I'm Dubis, I'm sitting here going, you're not really helping your case here, man. Like the, the more he talks, I think Dubis has more leverage. Like, what, how, is, how is Marner's agent coming out and saying, all right, they're lowballing him? I mean, how, how much could they really be lowballing him if they really were? There's no way Dubas is sitting there saying, okay, we, we think Mitch is worth six, seven million dollars. That's out the window at this point. It, he's clearly yes. going to get anywhere between nine and I'm going to say 10 and a half. That's what I think. I don't know if he's going to hit the 11 mark, but how low is he really lowballing him, right? And it just, I find that funny that he came out with that statement. Yeah, it, there was just so many other comments. I just, I, I, I think just from, and even the, the timing of the announcement. Like yeah, if, oh, if oh. Matthews, you know, this was, this was your shining moment. You know, this is you putting your stamp on this team. And, 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 and it was a time to celebrate. And to kind of have that, about to go to bed, have Dave Fetchuk from the Toronto Star, you know, release the article or at least excerpt from the, uh, you know, today's article. It kind of took away that excitement. Like it kind of dimmed it a bit because, yeah. you know, yeah, we were still talking about Austin Matthews today, but a lot of the attention went to Mitch Martyr. And I just think, just from a teammate perspective, it could have waited. You know, it could, you, there, there could have been something done where maybe the article came out Friday or, or Monday. Yeah. It didn't have to come out less than 24 hours. You know, we, we haven't even dropped the puck since Matthews signed his contract or since Matthew signed his contract and we're discussing Marner and it just, I, I don't know. It, 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 me personally, it, that, that whole scenario and, and how things you know, rolled itself out late last night and into today just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I'm sure it rubbed Shanahan the wrong way too. And that's what makes me wonder. I wonder what happened this morning. I wonder what the phone call was like, because he retracted those statements pretty quickly, right? So either Mitch or Shani got on the phone there and said something to him because I just find that ironic. (laughs) 
Yeah, it just it 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 seemed disingenuous when we we're discussing about how contract negotiations were distraction. Where they weren't for Matthews. Matthews left it to his agent, and and I'm sure his yep. parents and 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 his team to kind of negotiate it. And when the numbers and term made sense, they brought him the options, and he signed off. And I just yep. I to to initially state that you weren't that we're not negotiating the contract, and then state in the article. Well, we're, the reason why we're not negotiating is they came in with a low ball offer, and then this morning it's a complete 180, and it's like, oh, we're we're getting close, and you know the numbers are starting to make sense. Well, that's a huge gulf between yeah. where we were in that in that Dave Festcheck article to where you are doing your media blitz this morning. You're you're right. Something clearly happened, or someone stepped in. To kind of you know damper you know what could have been a huge firestorm, and and what essentially caused a distraction for Mitch Marner because that's all everyone wanted to talk about when it came to you know this morning and 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 you know media availability when it came to Mitch Martin was his agent's comments. Absolutely, and again, like you said, at the end of the day, these guys just want to play hockey, right? And obviously, you don't know what Mitch is telling his agent. No one really does, but. I don't, I don't personally think Mitch is sitting there telling his agent, this money's not enough. This is not enough. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think a lot of this might have to do with his dad. A lot of it might have to do with just the agent himself. But at the end of the day, at some point, these guys just got to be left alone to play hockey. You can't win a championship with all these distractions. I don't see any other team going through all this. No, it's, 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 it's one of those things where, you know, I don't think Marner's agent before making those comments took a temperature of the room. You know, when you look yeah, at, you know, th- the resentment and the anger that kind of developed from the, from the Nylander negotiations, and there's still a portion of East Nation that still holds, you know, some resentment. And, you know, maybe, you know, as, as Nylander seems to be taking, you know, catching fire, you know, th- those last few holdouts will, will come around. And then you had Austin Matthews' contract get signed right away. So, you know, then we're like, okay, now we don't need to talk about contracts. And then here we are talking about a contract. Like, you know, last week, I think everyone was fine with him waiting till the summer. I wasn't personally. You know, I think if Matthews and the rest of the guys can negotiate a new contract in the year, leave it to the agent. That's the agent's role. You focus on hockey, let your agent do all the talking and then give them some some numbers at work and let's just keep this train going because you know the last thing we need is a distracted marner heading into what is going to be a very important off season or playoffs and then and then even an off season for next year because we're really going to need that cost certainty when it comes to making that you know new moves for this year you know because i do think that the Leafs still need to round out their bottom six with some extra grit a la the likes of you know um you know a simmons um, but too, you know, there's also rumors out that the that the Leafs are still in on Pesci. So there's still so much that can be done, and to allow the management team to see what cost certainty they have for next year really does clear up those plans between now and the trade deadline as well. Yeah, you'd like to see that. I'd like to see their bottom six get rounded off a little bit better. I'm comfortable with the bottom six. Uh, I do. I do really hope Ennis gets back quick gets back into the lineup really quick. I, I miss him, if I'm being honest with you. It's just his energy and everything he brings to the lineup. It just just does what he has to do and doesn't really make mistakes, right? Um, that's, the, that's the Wiley veteran. And that's something that a lot of, you know, I think when he first signed, people didn't really value. And it's it goes back to that old saying, you know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And until it's you know, gone, that right? fourth yep. line, 
it's definitely missing something. But, you know, to have that physical presence, I think, will be important as the games grind out between now and the end of the year. And then, obviously, the playoffs are a different monster on its own. Um, but speaking of grit, you know, let's, you know, before we wrap up today's podcast, you know, that acquisition of Jake Muzzin just seems to get better and better every game. <laughs> you couldn't have written that better. Jesus, it's, what is the third game in? He gets three points, hammers Corey Perry. He just he did everything right that game. It was it was unbelievable to watch, and like it, it almost makes me laugh too because as Leaf fans, you were begging for a guy to do something like this, and and here comes Jake Muzzin, and he literally has done everything a Leaf fan wants. You know, he's got that bomb from the point, that wicked one timer, the accurate one timer. Finally, a shot gets through. I mean, the Leafs must be the kings of of shots getting blocked. Like, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing as I, but I just, every shot that comes from the point off a shin pad and out. And finally to have a guy who would literally put a puck through somebody. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it was funny. Cause as I was watching the game against Anaheim, I just felt, I was like, it, it just seems like the night that he's going to break through and score his first goal. You know, the one thing that I noticed about his shot is it's low and accurate. Oh, like yeah. it's, it's not like 200 feet above the net or it's mm-hmm. not like it was very well placed and it's, it's, it's where it can be a threat, you know, so often, you know, especially in the latter years of Dion Punov's time here. And even with a couple of the other defensemen, you know, when they do take a shot from the point, it, it they, they see, it, it just seems either airborne or right at the shin pads, you know, like you said, you know, whereas with Muzzin, you know, he has that controlled shot with a lot of accuracy you know, it really forced Gibson to make some very difficult saves earlier on. And event, and he just knew, just based on how hard he was, you know, striking at that puck, that it was he was going to get a goal. And there was nothing that was going to stop him from not getting that goal. And then you look at, you, know, you, you said, the hit on Perry. And then the, re, you know, then then the, the penalty call, which gave the least the power play. You know, he, I kind of laughed. It was like, almost as if it was like a quasi, you know, Gordie Howe hat trick for, for Muzzin in the game against Anaheim. You know, there's yeah, really, can't, really. <laughs> really can't ask for much more than, than that type of start. And and the one thing that I've noticed, and and I've kind of discussed it with others, and, and they've kind of agreed, is the Leafs look to be playing bigger since he's since he's arrived. You know, they're, 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 they seem to have a little bit more jump. There's a little bit more gumption um, in their play. And having that veteran, you know, round out the defense and, 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 and continue to share some of his experience winning the Stanley Cup, you know, I think is also immeasurable. And that's something that, you know, we need to just continue to foster for at least this year and next year. No, I agree with that. And there was there was a point in that Anaheim game, uh, I, I, there's more than sure it was Kapanen. and he finished a check and it was, it was a pretty hard check. I mean, obviously he didn't knock the guy down and send him through the boards, but he finished his check. And as a Leaf fan, you know, you'd love to see stuff like that, especially from a guy, a skilled player like Kapanen, right? Um, and to touch on that point, we said the Leafs are playing bigger. I, I couldn't agree more. They just look like a a more rounded off team now that they have Muzzin back there as if, you know, they, they can take on more pressure because they know they have a tougher guy in Muzzin. And a lot of the mistakes that we've we've come to understand with Gardner and with Hainsey and with Zaitsev, they seem to become not obsolete, but a little less noticeable because Muzzin just is able to clean up every other mistake that happens throughout the game. Obviously, they don't play on that line, but I'm saying because Muzzin doesn't make as many mistakes those little mistakes go unnoticed. And the last couple of games have just been so much more fun to watch. Oh, yes. And and if you're an opposing forward and you're going down that left wing, you're going to question your desire. And, you know, you're essentially risking 
you're doing that at your own peril. You know, knowing that Jake Buzzin, you know, if he's on the ice, you're, you know, you're, there's a good chance your ass is going to hit the ice. So, you know, it makes it, it makes it easier for other D. Yeah. And it makes it easier for the other defensemen too, too, right? The forward gets accustomed to, oh, Buzzin's on the ice, going to dump it in, going to dump and chip, going to chip the puck in deep. I mean, sometimes you don't even notice who's on the ice. You're just going to chip it deep and you're not going to take on a Gardner one-on-one, right? You're not going to, you're not going to think, oh, hey, Haynes is on the ice. I'm going to take him on one-on-one. It's, I'm going to get the puck, chip it in deep, try and forecheck. And Muzzin's not even on the ice, and he just has that – he brings that factor, that that aggression, that physicality. Yeah, it, 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 and, and that's what he missed. And, and that's one thing that with the Leafs, because we never had it, it seems to stand out now that he's here. Like that first hit, I believe it was in the game against Pittsburgh, and I want to say on Getzel. Like, the entire Scotiabank Arena was on their feet. Erupted. Really, it, it was a – you know, just that clean, like that clean, hard body check was definitely a dying art in Toronto. And, you know, I, and I think the Leafs are, will definitely reap some benefits by having him there. And hopefully we can pick up one more to really, you know, send this team on, you know, onto the playoffs with, with enough of a round, more rounded, more of a sandpaper style uh, team, you know, in, in and amongst, you know, the artist skill that the Leafs already present, you know, to their opponents on a nightly basis. Yeah, no, I, I agree fully. Um, and to touch on that point of physicality too, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed it. Kadri plays a completely different game when he's out there laying the body and playing physical. I just think he's always so – he's actually into the game and he's, you know, a little, a little upset, a little angry, and he's, and he's finishing checks and he's looking to, to put people through the boards. And I think the fact that Muzzin, Muzzin does that, it almost says, all right, guys, like if I'm doing it, everyone on the team should be doing it. Everyone should be finishing checks and playing hard, playing physical. Um, and it just – it brought a new attitude to the team. And, you know, honestly, like it's, it's lovely to see. Yeah, no, you know, it, it's hard work is is often contagious. And, you know, when we look at guys like Zach Hyman and, and some others that, you know, show up on a nightly basis, to have a Jake Gardner kind of really augments that really well and makes the others kind of want to work, you know, that much harder too. And and that's been the biggest difference since the arrival of Muzzin is also just the work rate has just been, you know, a lot higher. And, you know, I, I'm a lot more confident, a lot more excited to see where things go. Um, just based on the effort, let alone the results that will come when you have a talented team that's working hard. Yeah, I agree with that fully. Well, this has been another podcast for Center News Nation. Any final thoughts, uh, Lucas? Uh, no, no final thoughts. I just want to say you know, it's been a pleasure so far and I uh, can't wait to see how the rest of the season plays out. Most definitely. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to Center News Nation podcast. Uh, you can check us out at centernewsnation.com for all our latest blogs and podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our in-game commentary. Take care.